Did we mention that we went to see motherfucking Prince? It'll just make people upset that they didn't see a 25 minute version of Purple Rain. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, anyway. So, no, let's no, not mention We it. won't tell them. No, no, we won't tell them because we'll start a riot. Episode six. It's episode six. Fuck my hairy ass. Episode six. I know. They said you'd never make it, but actually, I don't think anyone did. No, to be honest, probably because no one really cared yeah, enough to no, say no. But no, we are. This is episode six. Episode six. Here we are. I'm episode Nate, six. and I'm Woody, and this is the Nakatomi Ballroom. Ballroom. <laughs> did you forget where we were? No, again? no. I I remembered where we were, but I was because I've been listening back, yeah. doing stuff. I heard my fuck up with the, Nakam- the Nakamichi board. Nakamichi. And even though I, I, was, I said, just then I said Nakatomi, fuck, did I say that right? Did I say the wrong thing? Fuck. <laughs> is this, is I, this I'm another second one guessing of, myself already. Is this another one of those cop killer moments? <laughs> it is. It is. But we're doing something, we're going back to, uh, back to rolling this old school. Yeah. The, uh, we're doing an all in one hit. None of this, record the main thing, then come back for the, come back for the review. We're rolling this old school, yep. just like our grandfathers used to podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but and, <laughs> in fairness, though, I don't think the, the, the listeners actually knew. I mean, we would tell them that we recorded two different bits, but at yeah. the end of the day, we probably could have just not told them. We could have. I mean, we showed them the man behind the curtain. We did. Anyway, so be it. Um, so we're going to talk today, a lot of TV talk. Yes. Today, we're going to talk about some of the new shows that are coming, some of the ones that we're excited by, yep. and some of the ones that we're really, really not. Yeah. But something that has sort of news that's broken very, very recently in a, in a show that's been near and dear to both our hearts. Sorry. I, I was fidgeting. I, I, didn't, I, I thought you were going to do this. <laughs> and we get an audible zipper sound. A boob coming out. <laughs> would it pick it up? It probably would. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Showrunner of Community. Yes, there it is. Dan Harmon has bit. been... Given the arse yeah. in a fairly unceremonial <laughs> and just oh by the way you don't have a job anymore. Well, apparently, according to him, they never called. They never no. told him. He found out when they announced the they announced the new guy. It's yeah. Like, mm, okay. So that's a bit that's a bit fucked uh, because Community is is one of my favourite current shows. I think it's incredibly smart, incredibly funny. Yeah. And you assume that a, a whole lot of that is is Dan Harmon. Well, according to Donald Glover, who um, who I was, I was listening to talk uh, doing an interview, he said that pretty much Dan Harmon is is all of the, that's it. Community is is exactly him putting it all together, making. I mean, as a showrunner does, mm. it's his baby from beginning to end. So, uh, so one can only assume that something is going to suffer significantly. Yeah. I mean, given that this show was probably, I mean, now Harmon's had a fairly well documented hate hate relationship with the network um, yeah. and Chevy Chase. <laughs> It's. I mean, is uh, reading between the lines. Can we assume that maybe he was just too fucking difficult to work with, and they that, thought maybe they maybe they Charlie Sheened him. You're not they, bigger than the show. That could be it. Is that a new industry term? You've Charlie, been Sheened. You've been Sheened. Maybe. Maybe. I, if it hasn't, I think it should be. Well, it will be now. Yes. We all know what happens. The little phrases I say where they That's suddenly right. appear. That's right. <clears throat> but yeah, there's. Uh, I, I've wondered in the clandestine 
parts at the back of my mind that maybe this was the, the knife of Chevy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I can't imagine he'd have that much sway. Wow, well, he's not... But... I mean, he's funny, but he's not... I mean, it's really... It's it not Joe 1984 McHale. again. Yeah, and it's not Joe McHale. I mean, if Joe no. McHale and maybe um, Daniel... Danny? Danny Pudi, who plays yeah, Arbed. Yeah, if, if Arbed... Yeah. Maybe, but I don't know. Because, I mean, head and shoulders, Joe McHale is, is clearly the funniest fucker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Show. And I mean, you know, anyway. <laughs> and those abs. But I digress. Yes. Um... So, so back to Annie's boobs. Yes, <laughs> please. I could devote an entire podcast to Annie's boobs. In fact, I think we, we might lay one down. This week, <laughs> this week in Annie's boobs. <laughs> Annie boob news. Moving right along. So, yeah, yeah so I, I think the show, it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether the show suffers as badly as we think it will suffer. It's going to be interesting times. Well, NBC Entertainment Chairman John, uh, sorry, Bob Greenblatt, which is a rather unfortunate name, apparently he told reporters that. I expect Dan's voice to be a part of this show next season. But Harmon's basically said, that's pure bullshit. It's spin. They're giving me a co-creator, executive producer fucking role, which essentially means I'm going to go and sharpen pencils. Yeah. But he, he made an interesting quote. I actually wrote it down. But anyway, talk, he basically said, it's not someone like me, they can't just shoot in a ditch and leave like Skynet. So I, yeah. is he a bit touched in the head? Uh, maybe. My, my, my favourite quote of his, of his press release was, I'll get paid exactly the same whether I go to work and sharpen pencils or I stay at home, play Prototype 2 and masturbate. Yeah. Okay, well, now, see, his respect rating just went up a little <laughs> bit there for me. I've actually only really got some of the new Fox stuff, and mm-hmm. there's only about two shows that I'm remotely interested in. Yeah. And the rest, I just could not give oh, a fuck. Because I actually didn't get those websites. Either. That's right. That's right. I noticed that you just want to come off in this podcast, sounding infinitely more professional than me. And uh, I think the listeners are going to tell. Well, I don't really know where you're getting that from, Matthew. <laughs> I think it's quite natural. <laughs> Alrighty, go for it. Okay, so I've got the, these are in no particular order. It just shows that I either sort of going through the lists shows that either excited me enough or made me think enough to to be worthy of comment. First off the bat, Arrow. Okay. Now this is Green Arrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it uh, so a show about the DC comics uh, superhero. Mm-hmm. I think it's cashing in a little bit on the current archery. Craze. It seems to be sweeping entertainment. You know, Hunger Games, Brave, the upcoming Pixar movie, yep. Hawkeye in the Avengers. Suddenly, there's fucking bows and arrows anywhere. Yep. And I'm wondering how long it's going to be until some poor kid in America gets, you know, an arrow through the eye. So playing. you could possibly say that in order to connect these all, we would be drawing a long bow. You could, but you wouldn't, because that would just be awful. <laughs> Very awful. Um, yeah, look, I, I know nothing about this other than I saw that promo shot. I think I saw it from Hollywood Babylon or something along yeah. those lines, and then I didn't think anything else of it. But um, I've I've never been interested in Green Arrow. As no, a I character. think that's I think that's my problem. I think I think they're maybe expecting this to be the next Smallville, mm. but Green Arrow is not Superman. No, people don't give a shit. Yeah, characters like Batman, Superman mm-hmm. are so embedded in the zeitgeist, for yep. want of a better word, 
that they will pick up casual interest. People mm-hmm. will look at a Batman show. People will look at a Superman show. Well, they've got the they've got the juice. They've got the quine. They've, they got, the, they've got the 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 history. The people that's right. Gone, yeah, you know, Green Arrow. Where Green Arrow is a bit too. Too niche. You know what? To be honest, until prior to Avengers, gun to my head, if you'd have said Green Arrow, DC, or Marvel, I probably would have picked Marvel because mm. it sounds like one of those well, I th- I characters. Think I actually remember after we saw Hulk. Yeah. You, you actually sent me a Thor. message. Was it Thor? Thor. When so he's sitting up, no, in the, after, yeah. he's up in the crow's yeah, nest. Yeah, and you at the after the movie, you Hawk's were nest. the Hawk's nest. I think you said something about oh, and then yeah, and then fucking Jeremy Renner is Green Arrow. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I had to check it up on the IMDb and said no, mm. apparently it's Hawkeye. That's right, and I still think I wanted to call him Oliver Green anyway, or something, <laughs> Oliver Queen or some shit. Look, he's an interesting character in the books. Mm. Um, I've seen a couple of crossovers, or well, not so much crossovers, but you know where he's he's got a bit of a love hate relationship with Wolverine and all that. So he's an interesting sort of character. Mm. Oh, fuck, I just did it again. Wow. <laughs> and his whole backstory with Black Widow <laughs> is just fantastic. Can we edit this out? Sure. Um, so that that shows oh, you how. <laughs> That shows you how the complete lack of interest I have. Yeah, and to we're this. kind of we have a more than average interest in comic books. More than well, we're fucking geeks. We are we are geeks. So mm. if we don't give a shit and we fuck it up, yeah. Average Joe Punter, no chance. I'm still going to watch it. Though. Oh, I'll give it a couple of shots, but I think it's going to be one of those shows that just doesn't. Uh... Well, can I? May I jump in quickly since we're on superhero news and real quick one? The Hulk TV show, the reboot. Is in? Is a go? It's going to yeah. happen apparently. And was this? Is this with Guillermo? Uh, I don't know. You Guillermo might del Toro? I, 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 no, I know who Guillermo was. <laughs> I was I was stalling and hoping the internet might suddenly appear. Um, and the Punisher show was is dead. Okay. So it's which is a bit of a shame because I I like the Punisher, but you you can never do the Punisher the way he's supposed to be done. So because he's just too violent. Yeah, I think absolutely, and he's completely merciless. He yeah. has no uh, you bang, you're dead. That's so it, so bang, it needs dead. so Punisher would need to be done on not even like not even at a HBO or Showtime level. It would need to be done by the guys that put Spartacus on. That yeah, level of over-the-top Yeah, brutality. absolutely. But Frank Castle, the, the Punisher character, has always been controversial because he's... I mean, he's the Charles Bronson Death Wish character. He's the one that we all wish that we just could go out and fucking kill bad guys. Mm. Bleeding-heart libertarians out there probably don't want to go and kill bad guys, and that's yes. they're wrong. So, but he... You, especially if you read uh, read any of the Garth Ennis stories uh, of Punisher, he's, he's utterly brutal. And if you look at the movie Punisher Warzone, the only good thing about that movie... Um, was the offloading of a shotgun at point blank range to somebody's face? Mm. That's the sort of thing the fans are going to want. You're not going to get that on a TV show no. where a kid could accidentally walk past and, and see it. It's a shame because I think the premise was there. I thought the Tom Jane movie was almost there. Yeah, anyway, so be it. So it's dead. But the Hulk show, I'm dubious <sighs> because I think to do Hulk right, you have to do CGI, and that's fucking expensive. It is. I mean, that was the only reason that Hulk worked in the Avengers. Yep. Because you had a great actor. And it was, mo- uh, from what I'm, from what I read, mostly mocap. So mm. it was actually done Andy Circus style. Yeah. With um. Well, the the original one, Hulk Ang Lee did all the Hulk movements in the yeah. the, his, the first movie Hulk, which I, I actually didn't hate. Yeah. But I think you're you're right. I mean, Game of Thrones, a beloved TV show that mm. that everyone should should be fucking watching. They've got a bigger and better budget this time around because run on the runaway success. But even they talk about how their budget considerable budget constraints and they do I mean they do some good CGI shots but they're usually just the, the, they're like Star Trek CGI shots the panning yeah. shot of like Karth or, or, or of Winterfell or something and then they get yeah. in and they're doing sets I can't see how it's going to work to no. be honest so I think it'll die in its ass isn't there talk of 
now that it's been successful, isn't there talk of potentially the Ruffalo Hulk movie being made? Because Ruffalo's signed for like six pictures or something. Did he? Uh, it's, I don't know. I, I don't think it's got the legs. I don't think Hulk as a movie has its... And, and I'm gonna, I'm really going to fucking flip-flop here. Hulk works as a TV show, but it doesn't work as a movie. Yeah. But it, it worked as a TV show back in the 70s with Lou Ferrigno. Because you didn't need CG. No. You had a... Yeah, you had a fucking six-foot-five... Hulk, yeah. fucker who used to, bo- and they used to do special effects with all that sort of stuff, and mm. Hulk worked that way. I think the yeah, the audiences will demand Hulk not to be Lou Ferrigno. Mm. It will demand it to be the Mark Ruffalo nine foot ten foot tall character. Yeah, and, and anyway. they can't afford that. No, I yeah. don't think they could. I think they'll have therefore they'll have mini like mini glimpses of Hulk. He'll appear less and less, and it'll all be a human drama. Anyway, yeah, fuck the human drama. Yeah. Hulk smash. Hulk smash. <laughs> A thing that really annoys me, mm-hmm. um, and I think you touched on it when we were talking about, we were talking about Matt Perry's show Game On. Yes. Oh, go on. Go on. Which I've, I've mentioned in my list just as a fuck yes, because we've talked about it before. Mm. But you, we talked about singles, singles, series, episodes. Yeah. We talked about episodes. Episodes. Yes. Okay. The Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> the Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. The, Brit- of the, the American remake of yeah. the British show, which is something that very, very, very rarely works. Yeah. I can count on one finger the amount of shows that it's that work for. Yeah. And I think it's queer as folk is the only show that's maybe worked. Potentially the office. Yeah, I was gonna to say I would extent. have thought the office would have worked. But Well, I, I, Queer as Folk worked I think well it found a bigger following in the US. I mean it only ran for two series in, in the yeah. UK. But it's a, but five. it's a remake that had quality. Yeah, yeah. Well I, I would put the office in that category. Yeah. I mean it's really taken off in but anyway, yes, please yeah. continue. Make so, your point. so but I'd, far and away it's a failure. Yeah, or well, I mean, Kath and Kim. Kath and Kim, Life on Mars was... Yeah, boring. it was an abortion. So, I'm always filled with dread mm-hmm. when a good show gets remade in an American version. Elementary is America's take on Sherlock Holmes. Right, yes. Now, I don't know if this is strictly a remake of the exceptional BBC Benedict Cumberbatch Martin Freeman series, mm-hmm. but... It is a Sherlock Holmes TV show. Mm. Johnny Lee Miller, sick boy, as Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, which doesn't work right no. there. And and here's the twist that makes this cool and edgy. Watson is a woman. Yeah. Lucy Liu. Hot. Yeah. But fuck this show. Fuck it long. Fuck it hard. Yep. It needs to fail. Yeah, it will, and it will. It will fail dismally, and yep. it just and the Brits will once again <laughs> look across the pond and shake their head and go, "Why don't you just watch our shit?" Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder is it is it can't be that Americans don't get the British humour or the British style. It must be that it, it, they just don't want to pay for it, or they are the producers, of the studios, because I don't think by and large Americans are not all fuckwits, no. despite what we're presented with. Yeah, but is it the studios that think well, we can we do can better? Do, I, I honestly think it is. I, I can think of no other reason. Or it's more evidence of the creative bankruptcy of Hollywood. Mm, there you go. But Moving right along. Well, I was interested to find out that House is done. That's yes. it. It's finished. Speaking of Sherlock Holmes, House is done, which is, I mean, so there goes Hugh Laurie, the highest paid television actor of all time, I think. Yeah. And the last year's two high concepts. So I'm sort of more talking about what's what's finished. Mm. Terra Nova, which is gone, which I'm not utterly surprised about because I wasn't interested in that. Though I was slightly, only slightly, disappointed that Alcatraz is gone. I thought that was potentially it. But I think Lost has fucked a lot of shows like that completely in the yeah, well, well, Alcatraz was a J.J. Yeah. Abrams 
show. He's done it. He's done it now, and he's going to try and continue to do it. And no, 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 we've done it with Lost because you fucking destroyed... You, you ruined us on Lost. You had a stellar first season. Mm. And then a second season that still kind of gets, got a bit interesting, then it flagged, and then suddenly you, you left us with this fucking bullshit ending. So I'm not surprised Alcatraz dropped. The only reason I really wanted Alcatraz to stay on the air is because I like Sam Neill. Yeah. Um, and Good friend of the show. Great Sam. friend of the show. Two Paddocks, if you're following on Twitter. I think it's at Two Paddocks. There we go. So that's an American Idol. is still going, but has apparently starting to go the way of the dodo. It's had massive ratings drop off, hmm. which is no great surprise well it's really. not the only fish in the pond anymore no it, X Factor at the time it was but you've got America's Got Talent you've got The Voice you've got The X Factor it's, mm. and I think as a premise The Voice works a bit better than you know and then it becomes American Idol but so be yeah. it New Girl Staying Around which is with, with, mm, with my favourite person in the yeah. fucking universe yeah <laughs> uh, what's that guy's name and apparently Glee which I'm now really experiencing a significant downturn. I like the first season. I'm now mm-hmm. starting to... I only really watch it for Santana's ass. Is now moving to the prestigious but competitive 9pm Thursday slot. So that's usually the death knell of a show that's not going to work. Or yeah. it's the, it's, this is now our new flagship. So I don't know what Fox is doing there. Mm. That's interesting. It seems an odd time to put a show that's sort of aimed at, well, young adult. Mm. Seems an odd time for that. There's a couple of shows that... Speaking about of J.J. Uh, Abrams, mm-hmm. Revolution is a new show that he's putting out next year. Set 15 years in the future in an Earth with no power. Okay. And then there's something that has power and there's like, a, a big mystery. or something. Big black but, cloud but that floats exact, through an island. I don't know. I, I think Abrams fatigue is going to kill this yeah. show yeah. as well. I think not really interested in it. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I never watched Lost. It just never interested me. Mm. But... That seems to be oh, this is this crazy thing, and then again and again doesn't need to doesn't need to happen. And muse that I actually don't oh that I do kind of give a shit about. I was going to go oh I don't give a fuck about this, but fuck it, I just don't give a fuck about a lot of shit that's coming on. I don't I'm not interested in fucking most of the new um, comedies that are coming out, the odd couple siblings and all that sort of bullshit. Something I am vaguely interested in, and simply because of the talent, is Kevin Bacon and James Purifoy mm. uh, or Purifoy. A spellbinding and intense drama following an ex-FBI FBI agent, Bacon, called out of retirement to crack down a devious and diabolical serial killer, Purifoy, a mastermind behind a nationwide string of murders, called The Following. It's written and created by Kevin Williamson, who brought us Dawson's Creek Scream and My Guilty Pleasure of the Vampire Diaries, which, fuck you. But I'm... Say I, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Look, now, here's the thing. I was really excited that Tom Selleck was coming back on TV. Yes. And I watched about the first six episodes of Blue Bloods and went, I'm not, I'm not invested in this show. Mm-hmm. I like Kevin Bacon. I like him a lot. Yes. I like James Purifoy. So I'm excited because I've got two... By, by casting James as the villain, they're, they're pretty much telling you from the onset that we're going to keep this cat around for a while. Mm-hmm. So this could be a really good cat and mouse sort of, sort of game. Yeah. I'm interested in it. Yeah, that, that was actually on my list of things mm-hmm. that I was, I was really excited by if it, st- if it stayed away from, from cliches. Yeah. One that, that I think you'll... Partic- I'm really looking forward to this. One that I think you'll like a lot. A show called Vegas. Set in the 1960s yep. in, unsurprisingly, Las Vegas. Yeah. This is a show about... Vegas in the 60s mm-hmm. uh, written by Mitch Pileggi okay. of Goodfellas and Casino starring Michael Schickless good friend yep. of the show yep. Dennis Quaid in his first TV role and Carrie Ann Moss created and show ran 
by Sean Ryan, also of The Shield. Okay, so now, this, this now show, I'm interested. This show has pedigree up the fucking ass. Yeah, now I'm interested. And I'm very, very interested by, yeah. how, by how this goes. The trailer's available. We'll throw it up on the Great. on the website. It's got that level of attention to detail and that level of historical polish that something like Mad Men does. Yep. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Right, so I'm, presumably this is the era of the mobsters in Vegas. Yeah. Before the Mormons bought yeah. it all. Yeah. Um, Chickless is a mobster. Yep. Dennis Quaid's a cop. Very I'm excited, excited about this yeah, show Sean in, Ryan. In, a, in a big, big way. I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. is just such an excellent, excellent program. Yes. Um, which, as we teased in our last episode, we're going to hang shit on each other for not seeing stuff. I'm going to hang tremendous amounts of shit on you. I, I've watched, for not watched season one, like... Four times. Yeah. <laughs> there are seven seasons. I, if you up. watch the first season seven times, it doesn't count. Because <laughs> yeah, because they do just get better. I'm, I, I'm told that they do yeah. get better. And yeah. look, the shield is a source of much shame. I'm aware of my uh, of my <laughs> of my shortcomings. Your foible in this instance. So yeah, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, look. Uh, other than that, probably the only thing I was. Um, and I don't necessarily know about whether it's a TV show. So if you've got some more TV shows, mm-hmm. as such, I've got some TV news, but yeah. not TV shows. This pro- I'll probably just touch on a couple sure. of quick shows. Yep. Uh, Nashville. People that know me know that country music is not something that I am particularly fond of. Mm. However, this show could be interesting, starring Connie Britton, who we've I've loved since Spin City, into Friday Night Lights and American Horror Story, mm-hmm. as an aging, waning country music star yep so one of the Judds one of the <laughs> uh, no Reba McIntyre has, <laughs> Reba. has her own new show <laughs> but her her dealing with an up and coming usurper Hayden Panettiere okay um, from Heroes the, yep the quite Tasting save the cheerleader, the cheerleader save the world that one's just very brief one another one that I I'm interested in just because of the cast is a show called Mob Doctor Okay, now um, I've got this down on, on my list as well. So, an inner city Chicago doctor mm-hmm. starts working as a as a doctor for the mob, mm-hmm. as well as having her regular job, in order to save her brother's life. The premise is a bit, yeah, how are you going? But the cast, the cast is just phenomenal. I actually have no idea who the main chick is. I don't, I don't think I've seen so her that, in anything else. That Jordana Spiro. Yeah, but I yeah. can't tell you another thing that she's been in. It's all the supporting cast that impresses me. Michael Rappaport, who I've been a big fan of since um, Higher Learning. Mm-hmm. William Forsyth, who, mm-hmm. if you've watched season two of Boardwalk Empire, was just chilling. Okay. Really chilling as Manny Horvitz. I'm, I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Zelko Ivanek. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From season one, Ray Fisk, from yeah. season one of Damages. Yep. Who, again, is just... He always brings it. Fantastically intense. And another Friday Night Lights guy, Zach Guilford, who played Matt Saracen. Okay. I'm interested in that show just because of the cast. Yeah. The idea of the the show is not disinteresting, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not something that grabs me on the premise alone. Well, I wonder what the the premise alone is really a, a double episode. Yeah. Really, really. But I mean, yeah, that's interesting. I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Rappaport, so yeah. that that would actually turn me off watching it, but I'd still give it a bash. I did have it on my list of yeah, mm-hmm. with a question mark next to it. Yeah, like other than that, I pretty much all the other things that just are just yet again these fucking screwball oddball comedies and stuff that just bothered the shit out of me. Apparently, the uh, there was a, a spy journalist thriller called The Asset with that didn't make it. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s legal drama Guilty, which I understand if if I'm understanding this correctly, dealt all of the you know the usual 
um, by the number of crime dramas. So case of the week. Yeah, mostly the person is innocent. They've started to throw a few guilty ones in. Apparently everyone was going to be guilty in this one and it was going to be Cuba Gooding Jr. wrestling with his conscience, which I don't mind the odd legal legal procedural. Mm-hmm. Having fronted the court a couple of times myself, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm rather, you know, I, I do like, I say, fuck, I wish I could say that. But anyway, that's not going to make it, so probably we should just not bother talking about it. Oh, yeah, let, let's not. <laughs> So I've got, I've got actually a little bit of TV news which is going to excite you. You've probably already got it, but I'm going to right. jump in first. Go on, please. Aaron Sorkin, much acclaimed to the West Wing creator and the social network writer Aaron Sorkin, has signed on to adapt... Oh, it's actually on TV news at all. Sorry, it's a movie news, but fuck it. Has to adapt Walter Isaacson's biography of the late Apple co-founder Steve Jobs. And it's not the same one that uh, has got Ashton Kutcher as Jobs, which is selling at the moment in Cannes. But apparently Sony, in an interesting move... Which, um, it's an interesting move. They're in no rush with this project. So they're just going to, I mean, it's not like any jobs is, you know, <laughs> going anywhere. They're preferring to get it right rather than rushing it before it's ready. Fair enough. Which is an interesting, especially from Sony. But yeah. Anyway, so be it. Yeah. Because, and, and maybe it'll take a different tack, because from what I understand, the Kucha movie goes up until the early 2000s, basically up until the iPod. Yep. So who, who knows with this? I've, I've had I've got that as news as mm. well. It's quite exciting. I'm a big Aaron Sorkin yep. fanboy, as we as I think we all know. Mm-hmm. I think his film work, as well, oh, is, is, is exceptional. The the Social Network was was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Charlie I'm, Wilson's War, yeah, a much underrated <sighs> yeah. film. I mean, Charlie such Wilson's a great War movie. is fantastic. But then yeah, this that quite that quite interests me. Mm. I'm wondering though if he's gonna. Sort of not pigeonhole himself, but become the tech movie guy. Oh, who knows? I mean, two movies is not a pigeonhole make, but no. Look, it and it will still come down to who directs it. And I don't think I've got the director there. But no, nothing I read had, nothing, a, had yeah. a director in it. Look, I'm going to say I, I'm going to go down on the side of no. I don't think it will. I think yeah. I think two movies doesn't yeah doesn't make a, a tech person make. Yeah. Um, and I think Social Network was pretty. Tech light, I think, it, it, but it was, you know, it was, more, it was, a, it was the a human people. drama. It was a human drama. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, a note that I've actually got on that story. Mm-hmm. Is a phrase that, I mean, you've coined a lot of phrases. I'm a phrase coiner. You are. I've got one that I've always kind of liked. Mm-hmm. It's called erping. Erping, right? So named after Wyatt Earp. It's when two movies come out in a very short time span mm. that deal with the same issues or have the same theme. Named, of course, after Kevin Costner's Wyatt Earp and Tombstone. Yep. They came out together. You had A Bug's Life and Ants. Mm-hmm. You had the two fucking appalling uh, meteor movies. Deep Impact, Deep and, Impact Armageddon. and Armageddon. Mm-hmm. There sort of seemed to be a... Transformers a, and Transformers 2. Seemed to be a string of those sort of, those sort of double-ups, which hasn't happened for a little while. I think there was maybe a shark tale and Finding Nemo were maybe mm. not quite there, but it's a disturbing trend Yeah, that I think needs to be... And you've created Erping? Erping's Erping. yours? Erping is mine. All right. Erping is 100% mine. I'm going to use it. I will use it. 
It might dramatically change the way people speak. Okay, so you think this is this is what's happening with this Jobs movie? Is it, it, could, it could be open, yeah. So uh, the next Die Hard movie, yes. two people who I've never fucking heard of, nor can I pronounce their names at all, have joined the supporting cast of John Moore's A Good Day to Die Hard. Bruce Willis and Jai Courtney are John McClane's estranged son who take on Russian villains, Cole Hauser and Sebastian Hock, and Yulia... Yeah, anyway. These people are... I'm going to have a bash at it, but fucking hell. Amuri Nolesko, A-M-A-U-R-Y, Nolesko, and Megalyn, M-E-G-A-L-Y-N, Yukununuwaki. Oh, fuck it. I have no idea who they are, but... And, you know, let's face it. I'm pretty sure one of them is the Russian Meryl Streep. <laughs> really? No, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> that shows how I have no idea who the fuck they are because I'm so bought into that. I'm utterly uninterested. Yeah, in we're, 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 we're over. We are. Die Hard. Uh, yeah, they've got to bring Samuel L. Jackson back. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I've got a couple of casting. Yes. Casting newsy. Mm-hmm. Casting casting newsy. Casting newsy. <laughs> We're gonna add. That's a new phrase too. Casting newsy. Casting no, 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 no. Casting newsy is also in in Die Hard Five. <laughs> Apparently, there is a Van Helsing reboot coming, or another story about Van Helsing. Yep. With your favorite man in the world, Tom Cruise, as as the big van. Really. Uh, it was initially going to be a Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. movie. He's out, but Tom's still in. Nah, I'll watch it because well, I shouldn't say that because I've still never seen Far and Away because yeah. I just thought that and Born on Fourth of July I was uninterested in. Yeah, but it's Tom Cruise, so I'll watch it. Yeah, and shit on it. I've shat on movies. Yeah. that he's in quietly, and then you've written <laughs> apology letters. <laughs> Usually, yeah. Johnny Lee Miller mm-hmm. again. There's a lot of Johnny Lee Miller in today. Yep, if we think about it. Neil Jordan directing a new vampire movie starring Johnny Lee Miller. Oh. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Neil Jordan directed Interview with a Vampire. You are not mistaken. I mean, that's all I know about that it's one. It's just going to be a vampire movie. It's a vampire movie. Is all I like a good vampire movie. Yes. Emphasis on the good. Yes. It's a TV show that's being apparently made, Frank Darabont of mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption and first season of Walking Dead. Yep. And speaking of people getting the arse from the TV show. Yeah. Uh, is making a new TV show called L.A. Noir. Now, this is noir without an E and has no correlation or connection with the video game of the same name, except that it's set in that mm-hmm. 50s L.A. Well, hard-boiled detective sort of story. Yeah. Is that what it is? Or that's yeah. What we're yeah, it's a pulpy... Detective yep. story. Didn't Elroy? Didn't James Elroy write an L.A. Noir? I know well, he, he wrote, he wrote L.A. Confidential. Yeah, or well, maybe that's so, what I'm doing. So it's I, it's that sort of thing, which I think that could be an interesting look at cop TV. Yeah. But is period drama the new black? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, I think people are saying, "Well, yes, yes." <laughs> I think it is. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> look, it could go into a diatribe, but fuck it. You know, no, yeah. we'd go long if we did that. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, Mad Men has pretty much set the bar and has said that this is this is now what well, people are interested in. What went on back then, mm. and uh, I am. I must yeah. admit, because the, currently the world is pretty fucking depressing. I don't want to get on a soapbox about it, yeah. so I won't. But it is a pretty fucking back depressing. Back to a better place. time. Well, not necessarily a better time, but, but as escapism used to be either 
go to the future yep. and what a great place the world will be. Well, we, I think we've well, I think we've sort of got a really good taste of what the world's going to be in the future and yep. it's going to be fairly fucking bleak. Um, so, yeah, go back to a time where they can romanticise it a little bit. And, yeah. You know, I mean, you mentioned Tombstone before as a movie. Tombstone was a fucking shithole of a place and a blemish, on, um, well, actually on a fairly blemished-filled history of the United States. But the movie was still pretty cool. It was very yeah. slick and yeah. it kind of reminded us, it's like Deadwood. Deadwood was dirty, grungy, but it was still kind of pretty fucking slick because yeah. everyone was called a, called a cocksucker and Calamity Jane called everyone a bunch of fucking cunts and it's... It's great. Mm. Yeah, so yes, period is the new black. Yeah, absolutely. if it's done well. Yeah. As, we, as we've seen with things like the Playboy Club at Pan Am, there still has to be a compelling story. People aren't going to watch it just because it's, it's historically great and, and cool. Which I think is interesting that Boardwalk took off. I mean, like, I enjoyed it, but I, ha- I, mean, I haven't watched any of the second season yet. I want to, but I just... Eh, anyway, I think it's interesting. You talk about compelling story. Prohibition and all that doesn't really... Because it never affected me. Yeah. I don't know. And I neither did fucking L- the 50s <laughs> fucking Vegas or anything. the sexual revolution, but, you know, you still watch shit about <laughs> yeah. it. Anyway, so be it. I know what I'm saying, motherfuckers. Yes. Well, I've actually got under a, a heading called Two Trailers That Have Got Me Hard, The Possession. Have you seen the trailer no. of this one? No, I have not. Fuck me. Probably the first horror movie, other than the premise of Paranormal Activity, yes. that actually has me shitting in my pants. No. It's about a... Uh, I'm going to probably pronounce it wrong. It's a dubik, which is a Jew, uh, from the Jewish folklore, and it's a monster that's held inside a box, and like a Pandora's okay. box sort of thing. And if you release it, it fucks you up. All I could say is, if, if we can, we'll get it up on the website, yep. um, www.acoloprex.com. Check out this trailer, and there's a scene right towards the end. I'll just set it up so you know what to look for. A little girl, because once you put a kid in a fucking horror movie, oh, it, I'm it, fucking it, gone. That's it. I'm, I'm sitting behind a couch, <laughs> looking, between, looking in a mirror between my fingers yeah. with every light on in the street. <laughs> but she's, yeah, she's, a, girl's a creepy she's approaching a mirror, and she's got a torch, and she's looking in her mouth. And if that scene doesn't fucking freak the living bejesus out of you, I don't know what will. What's that called again? Uh, called The Possession. I'm sure it's called The Possession. It's 100% sure it's called The Possession. Yeah. But uh, it's an interesting, because it's a, a Jewish folklore, and, and they've got some serious... They've got some oh, serious fucking nuts. <laughs> they've got some serious... Those sons of Abraham, they, they certainly knew how to tell a good horror story. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got this one about this guy that they put on this stick, and yeah, anyway. And the second one that I'm really excited about is Bait which is an Aussie independent movie. Now, please <laughs> just bear with me. Watch the trailer. Get the Red Band trailer. Watch that one because yep. you get to see a man bitten in half by a great white shark. It's about a group of teenagers, as it always is, who are caught in a warehouse, like a shopping warehouse, after a massive tidal wave has come through and, and submerged the place and a great white shark is stalking them in the warehouse. <laughs> It's fucking, but I tell you, the trailer, the trailer looks good. It's de- it's not as bad as Deep Blue Sea, yep. But it's it's kind of that that aspect of okay. it. But I, I, big props from that I like about it is an Aussie independent film. Yes. And just on the trailer alone, some of the special effects in it are actually really fucking good. So, yeah. made with a budget of about five mil, I think. So, yeah. okay. Anyway, I'm pretty excited about that. And probably my last edition of that, so even though I said two trailers have got me hard, the trailer hasn't got me hard in so much as the news surrounding it. Jackie Chan's latest movie, Chinese Zodiac, oh. will be his 100th film and will be his last action film. Wow. He reckons he's too old. He's feeling his age. He's 58. Yes. 
he he can't do the stunts, and as we all know, Jackie Chan has, has always said that he he wants to do the stunts. When he, yeah, when he can't do it, yeah, he'll... there's no point in doing it. So it's his last action film. The release date is twelve twelve twelve. Apparently, that has some sort of significance in the Chinese zodiac. So a yeah, bittersweet. A yeah. hundred films, though. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, I've got some casting news. Yep. But I think before we get into it. Trailers that have got me hard yeah. needs to be a new segment, and we need to get our own. We need to get theme music for it. Yeah. Well, let's take viewers' requests. Yes. Theme music. Theme music for trailers that have got me hard. Think about it, people. Yeah. Get back to us. Absolutely. Uh, pricks at a couple of pricks com, or hit us up at www.acoupleofpricks.com. <laughs> oh, did you forget our website there for a second? Or were you going to? I thought you were going to do the twitters. I thought, oh, okay, we just do the end, but that's fine. Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill. Oh, okay, good. Machete Kills. Yeah, okay. Amber Heard. Yeah, I see, that's... Sophia Vergara. Yeah, okay, so I will go and see that. Yeah. New Jimi Hendrix biopic. Oh. Starring Andre Benjamin. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm interested by this. I am too, because it's fucking Hendrix, hands down. Hands down. Best guitarist in the world. That's right. There's a Ronald Reagan... Movie coming out starring Alan Rickman as Ronald Reagan. We love we love the Rickman. Wow. See, I have absolutely no interest in Ronald Reagan at all. Mm. Now I have to see it. Yeah, because it's like Alan fucking Severus Rickman. Snape is fucking Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber, and one Antonio Samaranch. One Antonio Samaranch is starring in a. <laughs> no, no. There is a British miniseries now. I love me a good BBC miniseries. Yep. I think the way that they're done, the you know the short like six episodes done, yep. tells a, a completely encapsulated story. I think I've talked about this before. I really enjoy it if it's done well. Mm-hmm. The Young Doctor's Notebook, which doesn't seem all that interesting, mm-hmm. but based on the cast, Daniel Radcliffe and John Hamm playing the same guy. Daniel Radcliffe playing the Young Doctor. And John Hamm playing his older self, narrating and telling the story. Okay. Hmm. I'll check that out. Yes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. Good, good friend of the show. Apparently is starring in a remake of Little Shop of Horrors. I heard this. Was it Bad- uh, Hollywood Babylon that was talking about this one? Might have been. Might have been. Oh. I'm not sure where I picked it up from, but it got me excited. Because i I got to be honest, as, as we all know, I'm a musical theatre creator. Yeah. But Little not... Shop of Horrors is fantastic. But they're as... not doing the musical version, are they? Are they doing I don't the know. Movie? I don't know. Because the movie was fucking <clears throat> shit. The Rick Moranis one? No, no. The the very first Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, okay. That was not a musical. That was um, Jack Nicholson's first. Oh, really? First role. Okay. I have it. You can borrow it. It's awful. <clears throat> it was made for a bet. Okay. The movie was a bet that he couldn't make a movie in a day. Oh, okay. All right. So that tells you everything that you need Roger to know. Roger Corman didn't have anything to do with it, did he? I don't think so. <sighs> God damn you, shark to boss. <laughs> All right, so that's that's moving news. All right, no, well, actually, I just have just oh, a, a little light-hearted oh, of course. thing. In a company that is obviously desperate to try and get its name out there. A Kin- couple of pricks. <laughs> Disaster assessment firm Kinetic Analysis Corp has estimated that the hypothetical economic cost of repairing the damage done to Midtown Manhattan in The Avengers would come in at a staggering $160 billion. So... Still considerably less than Avengers has actually made. Yeah, <laughs> so you could almost imagine Marvel just wheezy. Just write him up a check. 
Apparently, in a grim and and I'm I'm quoting uh, the Hollywood Reporter here, in a grim and somewhat distasteful comparison, the cleanup costs of Hurricane Katrina were 90 billion, and the Japanese tsunami was 122 billion. On a lighter note, <laughs> Kinetics, again desperate to get their name out there, says the liability for the damage would be difficult to place, given the involvement of individuals considered deities in some culture, the Thor and Loki. There is even the potential to classify the event as an act of God, although that would be uh, subject to a strenuous theological and legal debate. And finally, I'm still on Avengers. <laughs> In other, someone has way too much fucking time on their hands of you. <laughs> Can you believe this? I mean, I would be embarrassed as a company to put my name... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's fuck. Anyway. They apparently comes in from Vulture this week. Uh, they clocked the screen times of each char- character in the Avengers movie. Can you have a guess at who got the least? Well, the fact that you're bringing it up as a, as a thing, I've got to say Iron Man. Uh, surprisingly, no. He, he and Captain America clock in at 37 minutes each. Hawkeye has less than 13 minutes screen time. Okay. I was a little stunned at that because he seems to be in it. I mean, probably. But maybe because... when he's there, he's there. Yeah. Black Widow They're 13 gets... impactful minutes. <laughs> Black Widow gets 33.5 minutes. She's the uh, second, or sorry, she's in third place. Bruce Banner for 28 minutes. Now, I don't know if the Hulk const- constitutes Bruce Banner as well, but I'd say he does. I'm going to say he does. And Thor has 26 minutes. Okay. But there you go, a bit of lighthearted news to end. Yes. Yeah. But Kinetic Analysis Corp, otherwise known as Desperate to Get Our Name Out There, yeah. the Disaster Assessment Group. What are you going to do? Oh, Chances girlfriend came across a needle and soon she did the same. At home there were 17 year old boys and their idea fun. Is being in a game called the disciples high on crack, toting a machine gun. Alright, film reviews. I'm actually right. I'm still dancing from our <laughs> intro music. Alright, this week we are reviewing Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows is the latest film by Tim Burton. Tim Burton Co. Yes. <laughs> Inc. Tim Burton Inc. T- team from Tim Burton. Tim Burton. There we go. I'm going to get t-shirts made. Tim Burton. Film starts in Liverpool, 1780, where young Barnabas Collins and his parents set sail for the new world in order to make their fortune. The family takes up the fishing industry and becomes very, very wealthy, and the village that they that they started where they landed becomes Neymar, named after them, and becomes Collinsport. The family then builds a mansion called Collingwood, and it's here that we're introduced to adolescent Barnabas, played by Johnny Depp, and one of the family's maids, Angelina, sorry, Angelique, played by Eva Green. Eva is in love with and wants to marry Barnabas, but being just a serving girl, Barnabas says, no, this can't happen, good enough to fuck, have some fun with, but... Taste my Jimmy, but here we go. Yeah. Angelique is devastated and turns to dark magic to extract her revenge, starting with the apparently accidental death of Barnabas's parents by falling giant seahorse sculpture. (laughs) That that old story. Of course. If I had a dollar. (laughs) She then sees Barnabas with a new woman, Josette, who he proclaims is the love of his life. This completely heartbreaks Angelique and puts a curse on them both. 
Josette goes and falls to her death off Widow's Bluff to the stony rocks below. Seeing her die and unable to stop it, Barnabas, heartbroken, throws himself off the cliff after her, only to get up relatively unscathed. Dun, dun, dun. Found out that he is a vampire. Angelique's curse has turned him into the living dead. Angelique then turns the town people against Barnabas, who chain him up and seal him in a coffin and bury him and never to be found again. Until he is discovered in <laughs> 1972 to a very different Collinsport than he left. His beloved mansion is decrepit and in ill repair, and the inhabitants, the last of the Collinses, aren't much better. Their matriarch, Elizabeth, Michelle Pfeiffer, and her daughter, Carolyn, Chloe Moretz, Elizabeth's brother, Roger, Johnny Lee Miller, and his son, David, whose mother died in a tragic boating accident three years ago, but David insists he can still see and talk to her. Also in the house are groundskeeper Willie, I just realised that, played by Jackie Earl Haley, psychiatrist Dr Julia Hoffman, Helena Bonham Carter, and the newest addition to Collingwood, young Victoria Winters, Bella Heathcote, who is to be David's governess, but appears to have other motivations for being there. She is also the spitting image of Barnabas's beloved Josette. Barnabas vows to bring his family back to its former glory and riches, which have been slowly eroded by the successes of Angel Bay Seafood, whose owner, as we discover, is the witch Angelique, who has devoted her eternal life to the destruction and ruin of the Collins family. A bit of disclosure. I've been quite open in my... Uh, anti-Burton-ness mm-hmm. recently. In fact, we had a, I had a bit of a rant that didn't make it to, to air in one of the episodes. Fairly anti-Burton Depp, even a little bit anti-Burton Bonham Carter for a while now. I think that Burton's best work is well and truly behind him, and he has recently become a caricature of a filmmaker, with only occasional glimmers of hope, things like Big Fish and Ed Wood, far from his prime of Beetlejuice, Batman and Edward Scissorhands. I also feel that the collaboration between him and Depp, uh, and this is their seventh film together, has been well and truly worn out. So I didn't go into this film with very high hopes. I was dreading it a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, I was dreading the same muted, contrasty colours, so like the Sweeney Todd Mm -hmm. visual, or the overly vibrant, hyper-real Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Mm -hmm. colours. And the first five minutes of the film, the the intro of of young Barnabas in in the 18th century, made me worry that I was going to have to sit through two hours of that. But I was pleasantly surprised when it got to 1972 and it just looked like a normal film. Mm -hmm. It was a a colourful film. It felt 70s, but it wasn't what I was dreading. It wasn't the the hyper-reality, the crazily contrasty mm. stuff that, that I've come to not, to not like. 1972 Collinsport looked fantastic. The mansion looked appro- appropriately dilapidated. And most of my Burton issues kind of seemed to be, to be gone. Johnny Depp was relatively restrained. He wasn't as over the top as, again, I was dreading in something like this. I think the dialogue that he, that he had, which could have tripped someone else up. He, he handled quite well. Michelle Pfeiffer and Johnny Lee Miller did the same. Michelle Pfeiffer I was quite impressed with. It's mm. good to see her again. She's, you know, got some miles on the clock, but she'd still be well worth a run around the block. Um, 
love, I love that's how we, we get, not, not her body of work, just her body. Just her body. Yeah. Um, Jackie Earl Haley, I thought was, was enjoyable as the, uh, as the drunk groundskeeper. Chloe Moretz, I think she's going to be an absolute superstar. Mm-hmm. I've thought that since uh, Kick-Ass. She was, she was very good. Didn't have a whole lot to work with, but I think she, she handled what she had quite well. A couple of nice appearances by Christopher Lee and Alice Cooper. Eva Green was possibly the only disappointment that, that I had. Um, I thought she was a little too over the top. Mm. Helena Bottom Carter was the big surprise in this. I like her work in non-Tim Burton, Tim Burton things. Man. Fight Club and particularly The King's Speech. She is, she is superb. She has real talent as an actress, but always seemed to be, when she was in something of, of Tim's, just way over the top. Again, she was big, but I don't think she was too big. I think she, she, did, she did what she had to do quite well. I didn't dislike this movie as much as I thought I would. I wonder if, because I went in expecting, like I went in with a really low bar, mm. if I'm being too kind to the film, um, which is not something that we <laughs> either of us ever thought we would we would do. Uh, I would do so. Just a couple of a couple of things that I wrote down. I thought that the and I won't spoil this, but the Chloe Moretz reveal was completely unnecessary. I've never watched the original TV show, so I don't know if that was part of it, but it felt like it was added in just for the sake of having it there. Mm. I thought the sex scene with Barnabas and Angelique was a bit silly, but at the same time, kind of fun. Eva Green did look fairly spectacular a lot of the time, but her head seemed way too big. I mean, speaking of too big, they're, they're not the big things that I mm. spend most of the time looking at, but a, a couple of times her head just seemed really far too big for her body. Special mention goes to Gulliver McGrath, who, as the young boy David, uh, put in a, a decently yeah, solid performance right. as, a, as a troll young boy. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't expecting much. It wasn't anywhere near as bad as I was dreading. I would not go so far as to say that this is a return to form for either Depp or Burton, but it's potentially a step in the right direction. Two stars from me. Two stars. All right, okay. All right, well, I, I didn't go in with any of those... I I went into this movie with a complete lack of interest, which is surprising because I never watched the original, but I did watch the reboot with Ben Cross as the Barnabas character, uh, who I think it was 1991, I want to say. It was 91 because it was basically, it kept getting jostled around. It had a good following, but it kept getting jostled around because whatever network it was on kept showing golf war footage. So it kept going, well, fuck, we'll just keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back. A little bit like Star Trek Next Generation was treated with Channel 9 here. Yeah. That it just kept push, getting pushed back, 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 back until sometime you would tune in. 12.30 on the Yeah, Thursday and night, you're like, yeah. for fuck's sake. So I actually didn't mind this, this dark, the Dark Shadows concept, trawling the TV channels one night and found it. I, I, you mentioned it, uh, The Elephant in the Room, Team Burton, Johnny Depp, seven movies, Christopher Lee, five movies, seven movies for Helena Bonham Carter. It's too much. It's not the Scorsese, De Niro... The movies that they made were kind of interesting. I agree with you that the film looked great. I wasn't... Again, I didn't go in with those those preconceptions. But I really just sort of sat there and waited till Helen Monacana came on and then, oh, there she is, there he is. I think the weakest... And you, you kind of touched on it there. I think the weakest part of this film is Eva Green. I'm utterly unconvinced every t- any time she walked on the screen of anything. Um, I didn't like her as Vespa Lind. I didn't like her in Kingdom of Heaven. I just, I just don't like her as an actress. I find her affected in every. She, you can see, they they talk about it in, in the wanky circles of acting. You can see her do the work, if that makes sense. So you can see that she's thinking about when it's going to happen. 
I've just, I'm utterly unconvinced with her. She's a very attractive woman. But interestingly, I had to go and look up, and I'll freely admit this because it's not like I, I, you know, whipped out my wang in the middle of a theatre and belted off. But I couldn't believe how sexual Chloe Moretz was. Yeah, that that was a little creepy. It was because I went to me because she's wow. fucking fifteen or something. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, fourteen, fifteen. I mean, I I kind of felt not. And again, to be clear, I didn't go, oh my god, oh, and start you know jerking it. But I started to think, wow, wow, that's that's pretty hot. And yeah. Then, and then I got that real feeling of I don't think I should be thinking she's hot. So yeah, I. A I little bit over-sexualized. I completely, completely agree with that. You know, so to find that out. I didn't think this was a terribly big stretch for Johnny Depp. I didn't think he really pushed himself here at all. I think Johnny Depp just came on screen and did Johnny Depp. And that's not such a bad thing. He does have some work, and he probably can rest a little bit on his laurels. This was a passion project for those guys, so so be it. Michelle Pfeiffer, fantastic to see her back on the screen. I really enjoy her, her work, and apparently the collaboration between her... I mean, they, Tim Burton and she haven't worked together since... Um, Batman Returns. Batman. Okay. Read an interview in Empire Magazine that they spoke about how it was nice to come back and because the Batman Returns shoot was fairly difficult, she was uncomfortable a lot of the time. So does Michael Keaton used to talk about, it. and so does Christian Bale. They talk about headaches for having to wear these fucking Batman outfits. Rorschach as the butler, Groundskeeper Willie. I actually kind of felt, and and to touch on your comment about the the reveal, I felt the whole thing was just a bit rushed. I think they tried to do too much. Were they trying to fit an entire season into a movie? That's what I kind of yeah. got the idea of. I think this movie potentially could have the... It could be a Dark Shadow series like a or something along yeah. those lines, or it could have led off into a series, which won't have the main stars in it, of course. But So I kind of felt it was a little bit rushed. And probably finally, the only note I really have of it is I thought that the juxtaposition between the horror and the, and the humour was very Burton-esque and utterly disturbing when he said for example when Barnabas Jones is with the hippies and it's all very blah 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 and then suddenly it's like bang mm. now now there's horror or with Helena Bonham Carter or with that and then suddenly it's like so we're laughing and then we're going ah oh. and I think that worked well in a lot of instances Not and not a lot of movies can pull that off no. sometimes you'll find yourself going oh no that's that's designed to shock us now because we laughed look I, I didn't hate this movie um, I won't be recommending it but I'm giving it two and a half stars all right. That's how I felt about it. Justify, Justify time? time? Yep. So, Justify. Interestingly, we're speaking about 1991. Operation Desert Storm has begun. The New York Giants have defeated the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 25. The Super Nintendo console is released. And it is in this year that my Justify for this week comes. By way of hint, I say to you the following. Snickers. Kit Kat. Almond Joy. Butterfinger. I say Bunny Ball Ball. I know somebody now who's listening to this will know exactly what I'm saying. And I say, or rather I sing, and be better off than you are, or would you rather be a fish? I mean, of course, Hudson Hawk, Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, in his best work since the Papa Don't Preach video. 
Andy McDowell, Richard E. Grant, Sandra Bernhard, James Coburn. Easily one of the worst fucking movies that have ever been made, but I love it. It's so stupid. It's absurd. It's a story by Bruce Willis, directed by Michael Lanahan, who brought us the awesome Heathers, and then the not-so-awesome The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Um, he's also done some television, including The West Wing, True Blood, and Californication. Willis stars as the eponymous Hudson Hawk, which is the nickname for the fuck-off cold winds that come in off the Hudson River. He's a master cat burglar and a safecracker who just wants a cappuccino. Hawk is blackmailed by numerous people, all in an effort to get him to pull off a caper for them, and this all happens within the first five minutes of the movie, and this is generally the major complaint with the movie. It's super rushed. Teamed up with the hapless Tommy Fivetone, Danny Aiello, they pull off their caper and stay synchronised by singing songs. Singing on a Star, which is the one they use at the beginning of the movie, the one I just massacred at the start of this spiel, being probably the best scene of the movie, I think, whereas they, they're going along singing, it cuts between the two as they're doing off their various roles in the caper. It's, I, I, just, I don't know, it was, it was sort of pretty cool. That, that's when we sort of had some promise and then again it, it sort of fell. We finally realised they're press, gang into, press ganged into service for the Mayflowers, Darwin, and over-the-top Richard Grant, and Minerva, a simpering Sandra Bernhard, into stealing the codex of Leonardo da Vinci so that they can make La Machina del Oro, or Deus Ex Machina, depending on which university you went to, which will purportedly turn lead into gold. And then we meet your favourite, Annie McDowell, as doe-eyed as ever, as the sister Anna Baragli, who works for the Vatican Intelligence Agency. And finally, we get the corrupt Kaplan with the aforementioned Candy Bar crew. This movie is not well received and bombed at the box office with a take of about 17 mil versus a budget of about 65 mil. It was nominated for six Razzies. It won three, worst director, worst screenplay and worst picture, with Willis Grant and Bernhard getting nods for um, acting in air quotes. This movie remains the one and only attempt so far that Bruce Willis has ever had at a screenwriting career. This movie was savaged by critics and my favorite critic said, a movie this unspeakably awful can make an audience a little crazy. You want to throw things, yell at the actors, beg them to stop. I have a love-hate relationship with this movie. I love to watch it, um, but I hate myself afterwards, so it's kind of a little bit like <laughs> masturbation. Um, <laughs> I masturbation at least is enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, it's zany, it's over the top, it's madcap. I love it. That's my justified eat a dick. All right. I don't have a history lesson <laughs> in mine. Um, <laughs> Flavor, context, flavor, context. Flavor and context? Yeah. I'm actually quietly wondering if I'm going to go three for three <laughs> and pick movies that you've got on your list. Uh-oh. The year is 1995. Something happened. Somebody beat somebody. And something else happened. I am, of course, talking about Assassins. Uh, yeah, okay. No, not quite, but... Starring Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> Antonio Banderas, and Julianne Moore. Written by the Wachowskis, yep. um, who at that time were the Wachowski brothers. Yeah, apparently now they're not. The Wachowski siblings now. And directed by Richard Donner. So, mm. on the surface, <laughs> this should be okay. Sylvester Sloan stars as Robert Rath, a professional hitman who has had enough of the business and just wants to retire. He is on a job when another hitman, Miguel Bain Banderas, takes out his target. While he's trying to figure out who sent the second assassin on the job, he gets offered the one last job, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure you can hear the, the capitals yeah. in that. That's, that's a trope. Yeah. Uh, the big one that could set him up for life. Yeah. 
His target is a computer hacker, Electra, played by Julianne Moore in one of her earlier film roles before she became good. <laughs> Ooh, we say and, good. <laughs> and the four buyers for the information that she's selling. But Bane is on the job too. Rav is about to kill Electra and has a change of heart. And he goes on the run. She comes with him and they are hunted by Bane who wants to kill Wrath to make a name for himself. There is terrible writing in this film. Jasmine. <laughs> my my favourite bit of bad in this is a line of Julianne Moore's talking about her life as a hacker. I've spent so much time as a lecturer, I don't even remember what my real name is. Yeah, that's poetry. There is. Some crazy overacting by Banderas. Um, to be fair, if, if I give him a little bit of slack, it was one of his first English-speaking roles, mm -hmm. so maybe he didn't understand. But when he's going to kill the great Robert Rath, <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, and he is, he, he is pretty to look at. Oh, so. he, he is. So we can forgive he, him a little bit. This movie is not very good by any stretch of the imagination, even as far as 90s action films yeah. go. One thing is just the, the Chekhov's guns all yep. over the place. Anytime something is mentioned, even peripherally, it comes back at a later stage yep. to, to, be a, to be a plot point. And the one-dimensionality of the two main characters. Let's make these two people so completely opposite. You've got the methodical, thoughtful, and uh, deliberate wrath, and the crazy Bane. Mm. Doing some research on this, and as, as you can probably tell, I'm actually a lot more researched this episode. <laughs> a little bit. Just in general. Yep. They originally wanted a bigger age, age gap. Mm -hmm. At the time, I think there was only about 10 or 15 years between the two, two actors. They originally wanted like an early 30s and a 60s. Okay. They talked to Sean Connery for the Robert Rath role. Christian Slater was in talks for Bane. So that could have added a, a layer of, of something because one of the things that, that drives Bane is that Rath is his idol, mm. but he wants to kill him. Yep. So that sort of mentor thing could have worked better if the, if the, ages, were, the ages were different. But this still is not not a great movie by uh, by any stretch. Uh, Julianne Moore's Crazy Cat Lady. No, it's not a good movie at all. No. The only reason it's not on my justify list. To quote Tombstone, my hypocrisy goes only so far. Was the complete implausibility of the ending for me mm. was the this this person we'd never heard of or we, sorry we'd only heard of mm. came and comes in at the end was pitting them against each other all the time. It's yeah, it's just yeah. But uh, look, yeah, no, it's look, it's no Hudson Hawk. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I it's don't, a, I don't often turn it off when it, but it's definitely when it's on movies on the on the TV. Yeah, I don't own it. I don't down, oh, I haven't God. downloaded it. I, I believe at some stage I actually owned this on video. Yeah, so <laughs> no worries. But not, not proud of it. <laughs> I, and of course, you know, when I was writing, my, well, you didn't know this, so I'll tell you. When I was writing my Justify Out and doing a little bit of background on it, uh, my history lesson apparently, I could not stop walking around the house singing, singing on a star. <laughs> I'd look at the dog, go, would you rather be a pig? <laughs> dog would just look at me. But anyway, if it, if it meant you stop singing, I'd think. <laughs> I'll, I'll be whatever the fuck you want.
Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's that's, that's us. us. We yeah. had a, a fairly fairly tight cast this week. I Content think. heavy. Yeah. Content heavy. Yeah. Um, a lot of TV news. There will be a bunch of stuff that'll need to go up on on the web for this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll all be there. All the trailers for what we've for what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Contact Twitter. We'd love to hear from our yes. our fans. However yeah. they however they want to contact us. ACOP Nate for and, me. And I'm ACOP Woody. The email, the regular email for, for, for praise and ideas is pricks at a couple of pricks.com. And if you don't like us, go fuck yourself at a couple of pricks.com. It is an active email address. We do read it. Yes. Uh, we do giggle and then we delete it. Yeah. So, but it's, it's just good to know yep. how wrong you guys are. <laughs> I think. When you think you're telling us how we're wrong we yes. are. And of course, www.acoupleofpricks.com. Yep. So, um, awesome. Fantastic. I think episode that's, uh, six in the bag. Episode six in the bag. Again, we probably don't want to tell them about the fucking amazing Prince concert we went to. No. Well, do we? Yeah, fuck it. Man, I've been getting an adrenaline pump for fucking ages yeah. ever since that. I mean, I would hate to be. Some of the, some of the people that listen that like, wouldn't have got to see, see the show. So, because what we don't want to do is upset people like, you know, Cotton Ball 74. Cotton Ball 74, yeah. Uh, and uh, Praetor 101. Praetor 101, yeah. Yeah, so, because but, they didn't get to see this concert. But, you know, the probably, if we can, just, just one of the things that, that made that concert. Do you remember that moment when the stage was pitch black and Prince had walked off like there was no, that was it, and then suddenly just out of the darkness... And the fucking place leapt to its... Oh, yeah. The, Awesome. The place just went absolutely fucking bad. It blew the yeah. roof off the motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, um, but you know what? It's not. It's we won't tell him. No, we won't tell because that would be cruel. We won't tell him that he's saying cream and nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, we Fuck won't tell him he's saying that. Yeah, that that would just be crazy. That would be cruel. Because yeah, no. And we like our audience too. We much. do. We do. Yeah. This yeah. is what it sounds like. The whole crowd saying "Red Dove's great." It was awesome. It was a fucking great concert. It was. All right. But we're not going to tell them. But we won't. This won't make the cut. No. So, for another week, I'm Nate. I'm Woody. And we're a a couple couple of pricks. We should should do a podcast. We're fucking super professional. We are.